and let's welcome uh, Bob Sosi into the conversation, uh, voice of the uh, of the Patriots. Uh, Bob, were you a little surprised there right before half that the Jags, who were having a lot of success, didn't at least try maybe even a conservative play, but but a play uh, with a, you know almost a minute on the clock and two timeouts? Were you surprised they didn't try to do something there? You know, I wasn't considering field position in that situation. I think what was surprising is that they came out of a timeout before the Patriots got on the board to draw within 14-10 and got caught in a delay of game, preventing what would have been a third-down conversion, and they would have had a chance in Patriot territory to extend the lead and keep New England from getting its hands on the ball before halftime. But I think once the Patriots had scored there just before the break, uh, again, considering the way they had managed the game and really had managed the offense all season long. I don't think I was surprised at all in that situation. I thought Nathaniel Hackett had a great game plan. It was well executed by Blake Bortles on that offense. And in that spot, they were ahead and they were content with the way the defense was playing for the most part to go to the locker room uh, still on top of just four. You know what? I'm in complete agreement with you, Bob. I thought the game plan, the, it was perfect, and they executed it close to perfectly, uh, that, that, uh, that delay of game withstanding. You know what actually impressed me the most was how close the game was at the half and how confident I was in the Patriots' offense, what the Jags' defense were able to do to them in the second half. Did you expect that game to be blown wide open in the second half like I'm sure a lot of people uh, who've seen Patriot games sort of trend this way? Or did, were you aware of how good this Jags' defense really was? You know, I, I think I sold them short, even though I thought they were legit and I thought it would be a tense, tight game most of the way, but you kind of you know, had the expectations, at least I did. And I know many here thought it was going to be a blowout from the start, but I thought eventually, uh, maybe not a carbon copy of Tennessee, but you would see the Patriots eventually surge out to a two-score lead. And once the Patriots start to get separation, then it puts pressure on the other team's offense and it screws tight and then they start to make mistakes and, and it kind of snowballs. We didn't see that from Jacksonville. Even though you're right, after the Pats had closed with them before, they had momentum. Jacks came out, and they did what they did in the first half. Although they settled for the long field goal by Lambeau, but they got first downs. They managed the game well. They gave Bortles a lot of conservative safe throws. They moved him around a little bit. Uh, you know, a lot of those leak outs, easy reads for him, and, and wide open guys in space. And he threw it a lot of different people, too. I can He also made some really, really good throws during the course of the game and the course of the day. Uh, but I, I was impressed by the way they came out and responded on both sides of the ball uh, until the fourth quarter. And the, finally, the Patriots were able to flip the field. It became a game of field position, and the Patriots tilted the field in their favor. And that's when things really started to turn. Patriots got more pressure on Bortles. The Patriots were able to get the ball near midfield and eventually with the Amendola punt return on Jacksonville's side of 50 uh, before the go-ahead score. Bob Sosi is the voice of the Patriots joining us, Mark and Rich Show. Hey, Bob, how are you going to calm that Zolak guy down? Man, he, he, I'm, 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 I'm trying to hear everything you're saying, and he's just screaming and going banana land on every every play. <laughs> well, I, calming Zoe down is a lot like defensive coordinators when it comes to trying to stop Tom Brady and what he's done throughout his career. It's almost an impossibility. You might be able to contain him once in a while, but eventually, you know, he's going to rally and, and, and come back on it. Zoe's a blast. Uh, as you can imagine, we've, we've been spoiled here, and as you can imagine, we have a lot of fun in our broadcast booth. And He's a great analyst, too. Uh, you know, Rich, I'm not sure how well you got to know Scott in your time with the Pats, but uh, he, he's, you know, he sees the game through quarterback's eyes, and he does a great job of broadcasting uh, and analyzing the game, breaking it down. 
And then, of course, uh, he punctuates just about every play, good or bad, uh, with his emotional reactions to them. But it's I mean, a blast. We have a great time. Yeah, did you? Now, now, was he legitimately, and I mean just as a person sitting next to another person, was he visibly upset after that Gronk hit? Because I heard the audio of that call, and, and, and he called Barry Church all kinds of names. Like, he did not sound happy with that play, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's a, an accurate description. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Actually, it's a good segue on the Gronk hit. I, you know, yeah. when I saw that, when he was coming off the field, I was like, oh no, his day's done. I mean, he came up, stars in his eyes, saying, wow, wow. And they took him off the field. I knew he wouldn't be back. After the game, I started thinking about what I had just watched. And there's turning point moments, no question. But I think that game's not near as close if Gronkowski is healthy. Well, I think about what the priority for the Jags going in was. Obviously, with Brady, a quarterback, you know, who's his go-to guy? Rob Gronkowski. How do you cover Gronk? That's the thing everybody had asked all week. How are they going to deal with Gronkowski? Well, for the Patriots offensively, he sets the coverages, and he is one of the guys that Brady's going to go to. We saw it in Pittsburgh when really it was a two-man game to come back against the Steelers in the second half of that one late in the year. Well, Gronkowski goes out, and now the Patriots have to scrap a lot of what they intended to do offensively. And for the Jaguars, you know, it's a big difference defending, you know, those receivers without Gronk out there. And with a tight end like Dwayne Allen, who's caught only a handful of balls, had only a handful of targets during the course of the season. And I think that's what makes the comeback by the Pats, especially the way the game was going on both sides of the ball, so impressive yesterday, is that, you know, in the past, there was always an Edelman or Gronkowski in these great rallies, at least in my tenure here. But yesterday, they didn't have Gronk uh, for the entire second half. And there was Danny Amendola once again for the Pats in the playoffs as the guy who emerged you know, on, on the stage uh, in the postseason. And you know the, the play that Philip Dorsett made didn't even play against the, the Titans in his uh, in the in the first game of the playoffs, and then he makes his debut for a Patriot as a Patriot in the playoffs, and he makes a 31 yard grab on a flea flicker. Uh, the the impact that Brad Cooks made, although he dropped a pass that could have been a score, certainly could have set up a score late in the game. Nonetheless, had one of his best days this season for the Pats. But it was clearly Danny Amendola who emerged yesterday when his team needed him most in the absence of Gronkowski. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, joining us. So Bob, I want to bring all of our listeners in on the conversation we just had. Uh, here is the audio of the Gronkowski hit uh, from you guys in your broadcast. Here it is. Tom with his left foot forward as Amendola in motion. Takes the snap. He fakes underneath. He throws downfield. Looking for Gronkowski. Oh, makes the catch. No, ball was drawn free as Gronkowski was held initially by Gibson and then got drilled from behind by a safety. And they're going to call the personal foul. Good. Targeted. Cheap shot. By Barry Church, yeah. it appeared, Rock. the safety for Gosh. the Jaguars. Gronkowski is not right. Gronkowski going up and trying to make the play and certainly dazed <laughs> after the yeah, I, I mean, did he go on to call him a punk? I think he did. Didn't he? I think he did, didn't he? <laughs> oh, what yeah, happens well, in the booth you know, stays in the booth, right? Right, Bob. <laughs> well, that was—I got to tell—that was rather restrained, right? That's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and, um, and, and Rich, I think you'll appreciate this. You know, as great an offensive lineman as Tony Baselli was. Yes, of course, a Hall of Fame finalist, oh, yeah. and he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer uh, by the end of uh, you know next week. 
Tony does the color for the Jags, and and, and I can, I'm going to share this only because uh, Zoe does midday radio in Boston, <laughs> and uh, they, we they had a good time at his expense uh, today on his show. But yesterday at halftime, right after that play, of course, uh, Baselli, Dan Fouts, Zoe, myself, you know, we're all out trying to get a cup of coffee or a cup of chili, you know, on the drinking <laughs> food line outside the radio booths, and the subject of the officiating comes up, and obviously. Couple of us saw it a lot differently than the other two guys. Right. There's Zoe and Tony Baselli going at it <laughs> over, you know, pass interference on Boye or Barry Church and his hit and, and you know, Zoe, you know, calling him out. And, uh, you know, Tony tried to defend him. So it was, yeah, it was all good. Yeah, you know, in the end. Yeah, Bob, got who, who, who got the chili poured on him? That's right. how you know. That's who crossed the line. <laughs> no, hey, with those two guys, especially so, nobody's wasting any food. No. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, gosh. Uh, hey, Bob, what, what a treat to have you. Really appreciate it. And, and, but before you go, we, we got to get your thoughts. Do you think there's any chance uh, that, that next year the whole group somehow looks very different with the Patriots? When you say the whole group, do you mean the coaching staff? Or, yep, or yep. You know, from from Belichick and Kraft yeah. and Brady and everything. Like, obviously, the coordinators are gone, but but do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, what are the chances that everybody is back in their in their normal spots next year? I, I you know, I I I I'd be I, tremendously surprised. I guess I shouldn't say that any you know nothing will surprise me fully, but. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the indications are that you know a lot of what was reported a couple of weeks ago. I mean, what you know, what was rooted in truth, I think, has existed you know beneath the surface for a while. It's been talked about, honestly, guys here in Boston uh, for some time, even before the Seth Wicker sham piece, in terms of the dynamics and the relationships involved. Uh, maybe not to the extent with the detail piece, but you know, the sense is that. You know, Belichick and, and Brady and, and Kraft, you know, this is where, you know, each of them wants to be. Uh, I don't think Bill Belichick at his age, especially considering what he's built here, and it goes beyond just the, the success on the field. It's the system that he's developed with his coaches and personnel people. He's really developed this pipeline, a minor league system of personnel people and coaches to be coming up the ladder. Uh, it'd be very difficult, I think, for him to uproot and go do that again at his age. And, yeah, it's a good thing. You still have uh, Tom Brady playing. Well, I think, you know, what it boils down to is Tom Brady outplayed the plans. He outplayed the transition plans from Garoppolo to Brady. Quarterback of past and present becomes the quarterback of the future. And ultimately, you know, Robert Kraft is, is a guy that, you know, uh, men's bridges, broken bridges, or, or cracked bridges, and I think that you know, not to say that that's what existed here, but I think that's how he sees this situation. Uh, honestly, that uh, you know, these are three guys that want to be here. It's where Brady wants to play. Obviously, it's where Brady uh, lives and is, is always long to live, uh, going back to his childhood, according to you know, his late father. And uh, he's got a good thing. Uh, Kraft obviously has the best organization in the NFL. I'm biased, but you know certainly the numbers bear that out as well. And they've got the greatest quarterback, arguably, of all time. So it's a good thing. I think a lot of faces will change around them underneath and the coordinator spots and, and elsewhere on the coaching staff next year, perhaps. But you know, I think all the principles will still be in place. Bob, great stuff. Thanks so much for some time. And uh, we'll be doing our show out in Minneapolis next week. We'd love if you do if you go to Radio Row at all. We'd love for you to stop by. Hello, Mark Rich. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. Bob Sosi, the uh, voice of the New England Patriots. It's not a bad gig.